Welcome to Central Coast Chat, the podcast all about what's happening in the Monterey County area. I'm your host, Angelica Cabral, a reporter and podcaster with the Salinas Californian, part of the USA Today slash Gannett Network. On today's episode, we spoke with Salinas City Council members Orlando Orsonio and Anthony Rocha to reflect on their first year. Welcome to the podcast. Um, can you start off just by introducing yourselves and telling us, uh, our audience, a little bit about you? Um, Anthony, why don't you start? My name is Anthony Rocha. I currently represent District 6 on the City Council, so that encompasses the communities of Creek Bridge, Monta Vista, Village Heights, uh, Hardin Ranch, New Republic, and the East Alvin communities. Um, prior to being on the City Council, I was on the school board for the Salinas Union High School District, and my background is that of being in the nonprofit sector, working in the development and nonprofit grant writing uh, world. Um, but I'm a lifelong resident of Salinas. I love Salinas, and I plan on being here forever. Great. Orlando, do you want to go ahead? My name is Orlando Osorno. I am a city council member here in the city of Salinas. Um, I represent District 4, um, which encompasses a lot of different uh, areas of Salinas. Um, one of the um, areas that I represent is Chinatown, um, also North Salinas, uh, West Salinas, and East Salinas. So there's there's a little uh, a little part of Salinas that I represent uh, in each section. So you got the center, the west, the north, and the east, um, which are all very uh, diverse. Um, uh, and so I have been living in Salinas for I think 32 years now. Um, grew up off of East Alisal, um, and currently work for a. Um, a home health and hospice agency. I also um, have a small business, uh, which is a small uh, food truck. Um, and uh, and yeah, just uh, excited to be able to be a part of all of the improvements um, that Salinas is going to be seeing in the next coming years. Yeah, and on that note, Orlando, one of my first questions for you was, how do you think being a business owner affected you during your first year? Now, that's a really great question. So um, one of the things that I, and especially when I was door knocking, um, the fact that I do business with so many different vendors, um, so many other business owners and, 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 and people, um, I thought that it was great because it shows me how to work with different personalities. Um, it, it tells, it shows me how to be uh, more of a, a team player um it shows me how to be able to problem solve obviously with being in business through a pandemic and even in business before um those those things are very important um so i do take some of the um uh the things that i've learned in my business such as budgeting um such as working with different networks i take that um that information or, or, or the things that I've learned there and I implement it on the council. So, um, obviously there's six other folks that are up there that I work closely with. Um, so being able to, um, communicate with them and come to an agreement, um, is something that has helped me tremendously, um, being a small business owner and being on council. And Anthony, for you, you previously served on the Salinas Union High School District Board, what did you bring from your time there into your first year as a city council member? Um, 
That's a great question. I really am grateful for the opportunity to have been able to serve in that capacity. Um, that was a district that had approximately 1,700 employees and around a budget of $200 million. And um, my first year on the board, I was able to really get a solid understanding of um, the budget process, the legislative process, how to work with your colleagues to get to consensus on various policy initiatives you want to pursue. Um, my second year in office um, on the school board, we were confronted with the pandemic and we had to change fundamentally the entire way that we were doing um, we are conducting schooling the way we were educating people, the, the way our um, model of service was, was being done. And so um, what I was able to bring to the council was a solid understanding of what it takes to get something passed, um, the importance of working together with all of your colleagues um, on issues that you agree on, but also on issues that you don't agree on. But really, I think one of the things that was of great benefit to me was um, I understood uh, the importance of acting with urgency on issues related to the pandemic and on issues related to social justice and, and um, equity. Um, so being on the school board, in addition to the various committees that I was assigned to, such as a community human services board of directors, I was also part of the equity learning network where we were able to uh, be a part of a cohort of school board members that thoroughly examined um, various practices of districts uh, throughout the state and in, what we, in which ways we could improve um, our model of service to make sure it was much more equitable. So having that equity mindset going on to city council has really helped me as I've navigated various um, policies and public policy proposals, um, making sure that there's an equity lens on everything we do on city council. And a question for both of you. Um, when I spoke to you last, there was kind of no end in sight for the pandemic. And now, despite vaccines, cases are still spiking with new variants. And what are some plans for continuing to address the pandemic? Um, I think that really one of the things that um, I'm really grateful for here in Salinas is the fact that we have a strong coalition of community partners dedicated to this cause, building healthy communities has really stepped forward with the Viva Project to making sure that we are um, working to combat disinformation with good information on the importance of vaccines and the importance of being um, uh, masked wherever you go and making sure you're you're following the CDC guidelines, um, which unfortunately as of late have kind of become more relaxed. But um, in terms of the city council, we have to be very vigilant. And so we have to make sure that we are supporting vaccine efforts, that we are uh, expanding our testing sites, uh, making sure that we are allowing for people to have rapid testing, not waiting several days before being able to get a test, but making sure that testing and vaccines are available, but, but also um, supporting our um, small businesses um, as they navigate these challenges. Um, there is going to be um, some that would say this is a recovery, but I don't think we're at that point yet. We're still very much in the middle of this, um, and we have to make sure that it doesn't get worse. And so supporting our businesses with the information they need to be able to navigate this pandemic is really important as well. Yeah, Orlando, any other thoughts besides what Anthony said, um, you know, for continuing to address the pandemic? I, I think uh, us as, as city council members and and, as, as, and also the city, um, we just need to make sure that our messaging is um, is consistent and we need to 
um, get the the Monterey County Health Department as well more involved and as involved as we can. Um, being able to get information from the health department is going to be very important so that we can go ahead and um, support them in their efforts as well. They do a great job of being able to get it, as much information as they can out. It's just really having that stamina um, still because, I mean, I know that we're all very tired and we're all very, um, you know, just kind of, I mean, I think tired was the best word actually to use, but I mean, there's just folks that, I mean, it's been going on for years now and um, kind of like Anthony said, while we think that this is over and we're kind of like over the hill already, um, in some instances with the different variants that are coming out, um, we still might be, or we still are right in the middle of it. Um, So I think just uh, partnering up with the Monterey County Health Department um, making sure that the city of Salinas is um, requiring for folks. Um, when I came in City Hall this morning, um, there's signage now everywhere, just really making sure. And then there was before, but now there's even more um, of reminding folks that when they come in here, they have to have a mask, um, uh, socially distancing. Um, so I think that the city just continuing to do that is going to be very important for the for the community to see that uh, we are being examples of, of what we would like to see out in, in the city. And, and if I may also add, I think that um, one of the things that we learned this last year was the importance of acting with urgency as it related to business practices. I think that there was a big fear about closing businesses and what that meant for many of them financially, especially our small businesses. Now we have to collectively as elected officials push uh, and advocate on our state and federal partners to give us some money up front so that in the event that we do have to, if the cases continue to surge, close our businesses, we could have rapid turnaround and getting small business grants out to our businesses to make sure that there's not this um, dynamic of uh, making sure people don't lose everything they've worked hard for, uh, but also protecting the public safety and health of the community because ultimately public health should always be number one so making sure we're being strong advocates for receiving that money up front so we can if need be um close things to reduce the cases from spreading And Orlando, I had another question for you. Um, When I spoke with you last, you mentioned hearing from residents when you were knocking on doors during your campaign that they wanted affordable housing. And definitely the city council has taken some steps this year. What reaction have you had from the community regarding some of the things you've done this year for affordable housing? Oh, um, it's been it's been tremendous. Um, While we still have lots of work to do, um, I think the excitement about um, about having their elected officials really give out that message that we're receiving in the public is that, you know, uh, there's so many stories of, um, you know, multiple families living in a, in a, in a home uh, because the prices of, of uh, housing in our area is just so, uh, to some folks, unachievable um and so now when we go back and debrief with folks and and i talk to people you know day in and day out as part of my job um i talk to i mean lots of people and so 
sometimes we'll debrief and say, hey, you know, what was on what was on the council agenda this week or what did you guys talk about this week? And being able to update them and let them know that we're, uh, you know, we're, we're um, assisting in projects um, like um, some of the affordable housing for seniors and even some of the projects for, you know, like our home key and things like that. Um, they're, 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 the excitement is there because it's a step in the right direction. Um, it is um, a step that that we really need to make. And so being able to see that not that we're not just out there talking, like I said, when I was knocking on doors, there was a lot of talking going on. But now being able to see that we're actually making um, moves to be able to have money set aside specifically for those um, types of programs, I think that the the city is is definitely excited. Um, I know with a lot of the um, the central um, and the north and the east, I mean, all of these um, um, area plans to be able to create more housing in those areas. I think a lot of folks are now just waiting on that. So um, hopefully we'll be a, a couple steps closer in the right direction. But but yes, um, overall, a lot of people are excited because they see a lot of developments being built. There's one on Abbott. Um, there's one on Parkside. Um, you know, the, the completion of even things like, um, like, um, farm worker housing and things like that, that is all excitement because that will make more housing stock in the surrounding areas. And we'll be able to secure folks to have, um, uh, a, a place to be able to call, um, home. So, uh, a lot of excitement is, is coming out from the community and the, at least the folks that I've been speaking with. And Moving on to kind of our last question, I wanted to look into the future, into 2022 um, for this next year and your time on city council. Anthony, what are some things you can tell us that might be in the works or that we can look forward to the council doing in 2022? Uh, Thank you for asking that question. And just really quickly to add a few numbers to Orlando's um, asked response regarding affordable housing, which has been something that's been a huge priority for me on the council as well, um, is that we not only spoke about the need for affordable housing, but we as the council allocated funds to it. Um, we, through the American Residency Plan, put $7 million towards an affordable housing production fund. We put $3 million towards a project room key, which will hopefully become a project home key. We allocated funds through permanent housing local allocation funds towards a Parkside Manor, which was 80 units, which now be renovated to be 122 units of senior housing that's affordable. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and to answer your question of in the new year, um, I really hope to be able to look at larger uh, policies related to housing. Um, one of the requests that I made in the 2021 year that I hope to see come to us in 2022 is to revisit our inclusionary housing ordinance. I think that's going to be really important as we identify infill projects in our city and mixed use developments uh, in our community and making sure that they are uh, meeting the needs of our current workforce, the people who are working uh, to fuel this four to eight billion dollar agricultural economy, but also working in the retail industry, also working in the restaurant industry, also working as CNAs um, uh, during this pandemic, making $18 an hour and doing extremely intensive labor work. 
and making sure that our communities continue to run. So building housing for our workforce is going to be very important for me. Um, and that's going to be one of my major priorities. The second one going into the new year that we're going to be looking at, I think, as a council is discussing the public safety master plan and making sure that we really are on the same page as to the direction that we want to take as a city moving forward um, on topics of de-escalation, on topics of making sure that our police department is set up in a way that is most reflective of our community's needs. Um, and I think the third one would also be environmental justice. That's going to be a real big focus for me, is making sure that we are greening our city fleet, but also identifying various policies that we could uh, pursue to make us a more environmentally sustainable community. Well, that's all for me. Thank you both for taking the time to appear on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you that the local public policy discussions are getting out to the community because it's really important the public knows um, what we're up to. And I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. New episodes of our podcast are on our website, and you can also listen to us on iTunes. Just search Central Coast Chat. For more of our coverage, check out our website, www.thecalifornian.com, and follow us on Twitter, at Sal News.